the title uh, for this message is going to change, so work with me a little bit. Uh, still in Mark, fourth chapter, uh, looking at verse uh, 35 to verse uh, 41, uh, looking at this passage. When Jesus calms the storm. But as we read this message, I I, I want you to try to look at the relationship Jesus has with his disciples and the relationship the disciples have with Jesus. I I want you to ask these questions of what do they know about Jesus and what does Jesus know about them? And think about how when you know somebody, it shows how you relate to them, how you communicate to them. Do I have a witness here this morning? That when you know somebody, you know how to communicate to them. You know what to expect from them. You, you know what to look for in them. Like my father, I, I know what to expect when I go to my father, right? I, you, you know, when you know somebody, you know what to expect. If my, my father knows that I can father told me I cannot go outside and play unless my room is clean. So I already know this, this situation before I ask the question. And I already know what he's going to say. And I'm, I'm ready with my lie. I'm going to ask dad, can I go outside? He says, your room clean. I'm saying yes. Before he can go upstairs and check, I'm out the door. Because I, I know what to expect. When, I, when you know somebody, you know how they will respond. You'll know what they will say. So let's see here. How well do the disciples know Jesus? And how well does Jesus know his disciples? Uh, starting in verse 45, says, That day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat, because he was preaching already. He was preaching for a long time. He was preaching on the boat because of the great crowd. So Jesus didn't have to move. They moved to get on the boat with him. So they said, that's why I said, as he was, he was already in the boat. And therefore, so there were also other boats with him. And so as they were going along, look at verse 37. says, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So uh, a few times later, you see a little moment later, now all of a sudden the smooth sailing turns to terminal sailing. Uh, smooth sailing turns to troubled waters. Jesus, though, on the other hand, look at verse 38. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Uh, my, my, my translation, the other translation says a, a, a pillow. But basically, just get the picture. Jesus knocked out while there's a storm going on. Water coming into the boat. You, have you ever woke somebody up before throwing water on their face? Jesus still knocked out, water coming in and out of the boat. The disciples woke him, said to him, look at this now. This is showing their relationship with their teacher, with, their, with the person that they're following. Uh, teacher, don't you care if we drown? See how Jesus responds. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, uh, be still. Then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. You can look at Jesus' relationship with them. Uh, they asked him, did he, did he not care? And he showed he cared by he got up immediately and spoke to the situation. That'll, that'll hit somebody maybe on the way home. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus talking to them, trying to open up their eyes. Uh, you, you, you're with me all this time. You, you still puzzled? Of who I am? They were terrified 
and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the label of this message to why relationships go south. See, why do people have problems in relationships? Why, why do they stop going in progressive of going north and start going south? Looking at this relationship, you can see there's, some, there's definitely three things I'm going to point out, and not these just these three, but there's three problems here that happens when relationships go south or make it maybe relationships even more difficult. One of the problems in a relationship that makes it go south is misunderstanding. Have you ever had a misunderstanding with somebody that your relationship with them just got broken up and severed because of a misunderstanding? A miscommunication. You 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 thought you were talking about the same thing, but you're talking about something different. And so you walk away with two different understandings, and and one comes back, and they're mad at you. You're mad at them, and you're mad about something that has nothing to do with one another because you just misunderstood one another. Just as little kids, kids get it best. Children get it best. How you can see little kids six or seven years old. I remember one time looking out my window, I saw a child deck the other kid in the mouth. And ran home to his house. The next day I saw them playing in the sandbox together again. Because they, they realized that I, I fought you over nothing the other day. You're still my boy. You're still my best friend. You still, we still gonna, you know, make the fort. We still gonna beat up all the girls with the worms. You know, they like, they still gonna be together. They realize I'm not gonna let this little thing to, to separate the friendship, the bond that we have. Oftentimes, misunderstandings lead us to, to not lead to understanding. We, 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 we don't try to understand somebody because we've already made up our minds. That's the problems that you, you can have in a conversation. You, you can listen to the person, but as you listen to the person, you're coming up with your debate. You're coming up with your answer. You're coming up with your argument. And, 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 I, and, and maybe, maybe it's not hitting all of you, but it hits me real good because that's how I am. I, I, I already know how I'm going to answer before you start talking. And, and it was such a sense that my, my mom would look at me and say, you're not listening to me. Yes, I am. She says, no, you're not. Yes, I am. And, and, and then I learned that, that, that I was talking back and not considering because I, I thought talking back was telling somebody what to do. But talking back as when a teacher tells that child to sit down, you tell the teacher, I am sitting down. That's talking back. I've already made up my mind. I'm right, teacher. You wrong. I'm, I'm already doing well. Oftentimes, we, we misunderstand relationships because we're trying to prove our points instead of listening to the point of somebody else. And, and definitely those who may be in leadership, those who are in a, in a place in your job and you're leading somebody, it's hard for you to lead somebody when you don't know how to follow. If you don't know how to follow instructions, how can you give instructions? If you don't understand how to be obedient, how are you going to tell somebody else? What they're going to do is follow your example. I see how you treat others. I'm going to do what you do. And that's the situation why relationships are breaking down because characteristics and, and, and qualities are not being done. So we misunderstand one another. And, and our misunderstanding is we don't open up for communication. Instead, we just make the divide even bigger. Have you ever had a fight with somebody? You just don't know what the fight was all about, and you don't talk to this person anymore, you still trying to figure out what happened? Like, I really don't know what happened, where, where it went south, because it might have been just a misunderstanding that really was not important. But as time wears off, you forget what's unimportant, and you remember what is important. That's how things happen. 
one, another way relationships have problems and they go south is assuming motives. Have you had somebody accuse you and telling you what you're trying to do without even asking you? How does that make you feel? They tell you already why you did what you did. They even bother to take the time to ask you. They already assume that you are not considering me. Look at the disciples. They assume, Jesus, that you do not care if we perish, if we drown. They, they assume motives. They assume that you're not motivated. You don't care about us. That's sometimes how people come in. This is how you, look, look, this is how you can tell somebody's motive when they come against you. They say, you always or you never. Don't let this get your eyes going. You always do it your way. You never listen to me. And how can somebody always be wrong, right? And But that's how it is. I assumed I know your motive. Since you don't care about me, that's why you always do it your way. Have it your way. Fine. Do it your way. Your motives are wrong. I know they're wrong, but do it your way. Be wrong anyway. I, I just don't care. You know, people do that, and I know that because I used to do the same thing myself. I will preface my argument and say, well, you never listen to me. I, I, I know my mom can count the times I say that to her all the time. You never listen to me. If, I, if, if my mom truly never listened to me, I'd be starving and dead. You understand me? Because surely when, when her son was hungry, she got him something to eat. Surely when her son was sick, she made sure he was all right. But when things don't go my way, and you're not listening to me, then all of a sudden your motives are wrong. You never listen to me. You don't understand me. So, so, so look at that, children. Look at that when you talk to your parents. Don't, don't be so quick to accuse them of, of not understanding you because you're trying to get what you want to get done. See, when we're on the wrong motives and we assume other people have wrong motives, everybody's in the wrong area. Sometimes you got to step back and look and see, hey, 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 maybe I don't know everything. Help me to understand. But yet, when we assume motives, we blame others instead of take responsibility. You so much see that in car accidents, right? I was right. That person was wrong. That's why I got a dent in my car. I don't run a red light. It was green when I drove up to it. I didn't see the yellow. You know, we can't take responsibility. We assume the other person was just too much in a hurry, too much in a rush. I, I was obey, I'm an obeying law citizen. There's nothing wrong with me. That's the problem when we get caught up trying to prove points and, and prove that we know something. We're missing the problem. We're missing addressing the issue. We're looking at everything that's peripheral and not getting to the root of the matter. Another problem is questioning character questioning somebody's character. They, they, the disciples asked Jesus, do you not care about us? Saying that if you cared about us, you would show it this way. Since you're not showing us the way I think you should show it, there's something wrong with your character. Have you grown a relationship with somebody that you realize how this person may never smile, but you know they're happy because you know their character? Or you know someone who's not very vocal, but you know how they're feeling by how they express themselves non-verbally. You know, I, I, I have relationships with friends that I don't talk to them often. But when I do talk to them, I know what they mean. They, 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 they don't preface a phone call, oh, Sam, I'm sorry I haven't talked to you in two months, because they already know. I, I know them. They know me. I'm not worried about two months. I'm worried about how you're doing today. 
When you know somebody's character is not in question, you're not questioning them. Oh, you don't care about it because you didn't call. I'm questioning your character because you didn't do what I think you ought to do. So there's something wrong with you. Look at the disciples. There's something wrong with you, Jesus. You're asleep. You don't care. We're going to Paris. We got to be careful, assuming that we know somebody's character. We got to be careful how we address the situation and saying, I, I know because I've seen it before. Yeah, you may, may have seen it before, but have you seen me do this before? You know, sometimes in relationships, we blame others for our past hurts. And so when we get in a new relationship, we're blaming that person for our own character defects or what somebody else has done. And so therefore, we assume they're going to do the same thing to us that somebody else has done to us. So therefore, we treat them like we would have treated them if we knew what we knew now. Let me bring it down. The basis is that when you knew that you were robbed before, the next person that comes, you're going to treat them like a crook. Because of what's happened before. So you're trying to make sure what happened before doesn't happen again. But the person you're treating as a crook is not a crook. The one who was a crook, you treat it as if that person was the best person in the whole world. And once you became burnt, you start burning other people. Because you want them to look like you. When we are hurting inside, that hurt comes out on the outside. We put negativity on others instead of putting positivity. Those are some issues I, I want us to look at while relationships go south. And look how we can improve relationships, positive communication. Overcoming misunderstanding or open communication, listening to somebody. Being slow to speak and quick to listen. Not aggressive and petty and trying to prove points. I, I, I realize how we can always prove a point. You can always prove a point because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has something right to say. That is great. That is true. But it's not always the best way to handle the situation. I, 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 I realize and I, I praise God for my, my parents and their relationship. I, I realize how they communicate with, them, how they communicate with me that they, they learn how to be silent to let me find out I was wrong. They said, I'm not going to tell him again. And when he come back with that problem, I'm not going to tell him I told you so. I'm just going to ask him, what did he learn? And then I started paying attention. That that song is right. Mama used to say there'd be days like this. <laughs> I find out that mom and dad knew what was best, but I assumed that I knew. And so misunderstandings led for negative communication. I, I, I didn't want to listen to them. I, I knew it was right, and that's why I got into trouble. Another way to improve relationships is not only to have positive communication, but when you have positive communication, you need to expect the best and not assuming motives. Expect the best out of that person. I was reading in a book by, by John Maxwell talking about how putting a tin on somebody's head. Basically, treating that person as a 10. The Bible tells us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Uh, uh, Paul is encouraging us that we should esteem others above ourselves. And so when you start looking, how can I build you up and not tear you down? It opens up doors. It improves relationships. 
And, I, and now I understand that when you are the mature one, if someone's being immature, you want to act like them. Stay mature. You got to continue to say, I, I'm not going to go down that negative road with you. I'm going to stay on the positive road. I'm going to stay humble. I, I, I'm going to stay focused. I, I'm going to stay to what God has called me to do. You call me outside of my name, but I will respect you and call you by your name. Uh, you, you decided to talk about me behind my back. I could do the same to you, but instead I'm going to pray for you behind your back and pray for you when I'm in front of you. I'm not going to do what the world does. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I'm going to assume you you have the right motives. I'm going to treat you with character. I'm going to expect the best out of your character. Because another one that improves relationship is knowing somebody's character. Of taking the time to say, I understand your motives. I understand your heart. Because the key thing is this, that I, 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 I'm not the best in getting a, a greeting cards. And my siblings know this, so they help a brother out. Mom and daddy birthday come up, Sam, I got a card, go ahead and sign it. Thank you. How much I owe you? I'd be like, Mom, what, what, what did we get you? Let me see. Yeah, I remember I got that for you. I remember one time I, I, my mom gave a gift for my, for my, my, uh, my relatives, and, and, and it was sitting up somewhere and said, do you recognize that? And I'm looking at her, uh-oh. You got this for me. Oh, I did? <laughs> and I knew who was possible. I said, thank you, mom. You made me look good. <laughs> when, when, when you know somebody's care, you realize that this person does not necessarily do not care. He just forgets some things. So we're going to help him out because I know where his heart is. I, I know that, that the, my brothers and sisters, they know that there's something going wrong. They can call on Sam. He'll show up. I'm, I may forget your car on your birthday, but guaranteed, if you're, you got a flat tire, you got something wrong that I can fix, you know I'll come by and help you out because they know my character. They look, they look past the faults. That's what you do in a relationship. You look past the person's faults and you look at the positive. You give that 1%, if it's just 1%, 101%. He said, well, at least you show up on time. You're an on-time person. I'm glad you're punctual. If they can't do anything else right, they're on time. We'll talk about what the good thing is. Build that person. Watch how that person improves. So as we look at these, those, those, those issues in relations, what can improve a relationship, what, what can cause problems in a relationship, let's look at Christ and the disciples. The disciples, firstly, did not understand who Jesus was. If they understood Jesus, they would not have questioned his person. They questioned him, teacher, do you not care if we perish? Let's break this down real quick. Jesus came so that we would not perish. That went over somebody's head. Jesus came so that we would not perish. So therefore, he does care. If you perish, John the Baptist said, when he saw Jesus come, the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist knew, hey, this is Jesus. This is the one who cares about the world. But catch this, the disciples at the moment of time of trials and tribulations stopped thinking about Jesus, started thinking about themselves. 
And when we become selfless, we don't think about anybody else but ourselves. And so during that time, they, all they thought was about them. They didn't say, Jesus, you're about to die. You need to wake up. They said, Jesus, do you care? We're going to die. Hello. Hey, think about it. If something's going wrong, we want somebody to say, hey, 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 you better get out. The house is on fire. We want somebody to come and wake you up. Jesus sleep on the stern. They weren't worried about him. They, each one for it. When you get into survival mode, what do you think? You think about how can I rescue me? You know, you, you're not going to be like leading out the carpet. You're not going to let somebody else get all the wood. You're going to freeze it there. You, got, you need to get your own plane. And the saints said, no, nah, my brother, you need to get your own. But yet when you think about others, you start thinking, say, how, not only am I in this mess, you're in this mess. But yet they didn't know who Jesus was. They, they didn't know that he loved them more than anything. They didn't know that he was willing to give up his life for them. They did not understand that Jesus came for times such as this. And, and watch this. Not only did they not understand Jesus' person, but they did not understand Jesus' purpose. His specific purpose and his, and his big purpose. The specific purpose, Jesus told them, we're going to go to the other side. That went on somebody, you might get that on your way home. Jesus told them, we're going to go to the other side. So he knew he, where he's going to end up. Where? On the other side. The disciples didn't understand Jesus' purpose. So they thought, we're not going to make it to the other side. Sometimes in a relationship, when you don't know that the purpose of the relationship, you don't know where it's going to end up, do you? Have you had that time to sit down and think and say, you know, definitely as husbands and wives planning for your children, right? You, you, got, you have their children, you're planning for that purpose. Say, hey, one day they got to go to school. So we don't plan now. They may never make it. As we know, education prices going up every year. If you don't know now, you know. And so why some agencies have the thing where you can instate, you can pay a certain price to be the flat rate for them to go to school, or how we have a blessing here that those who can get their early start off in college at ICC for free, those who are born and residents in Peoria, you know, you know, able to say, hey, well, at least I know you can go to ICC for free, or at least you need to get into this program and get these scholarships or, or work on this. But you have to plan ahead. But when you do not have a purpose, then you are standing for nothing. And Jesus' purpose was, look, look, look here. I, first of all, I'm going to the other side because I have more people to heal, <laughs> more people to raise from the dead, more, more messages to speak and teach. And, and first and foremost, I, I got to go to Jerusalem, so I, I can't stay here. But they did not know his purpose. But they misunderstood because how, how did they not understand his purpose? Look, well, look they questioned him, said, do you not care if we perish? They, his purpose is to save you, so he does care. His purpose is to go to Jerusalem and become the perfect sin offering for us to die on the cross, to be buried in a grave. He rose again on the third day for us, to be seated at the right hand of glory for us, to intercede on our behalf for us. He was bruised and whipped for us. He died for us. And you have the nerve to say, Jesus, you don't care about me. Probably in your relationship, you're upset because Jesus is not involved in your relationship. When you don't have Jesus involved in your relationship, you don't love as you should love. You're not patient as you could be patient. 
You're not gentle as you could be gentle. You're not so, you don't show self-control. You, you're not doing the things. And, and the same situation here, the, the, the disciples, they're caught up not knowing Jesus' person, not knowing who he is and, and how he cares about people, knowing about his character. They did not know his purpose. And then the, what really baffled them is the, was not just that, but they did not know Jesus' power. They said, who is this? Who is this? Wait a minute, y'all, y'all not with me. Who is this? I, I, I saw him heal that leper man. Yeah, that was nice. I, I, I saw him heal my mother-in-law. Yeah, that, that was nice. I, I, I saw him make a blind man. To see, yeah, that, that was nice. I, I saw him speak with authority to the Pharisee and says, yeah, that was nice. But did you just see what I just saw? I saw somebody speak and something obey. And, and it wasn't just somebody, people, because I, I've seen the other prophets do that before. I've I, I seen Elijah talk to God and the rain stopped. I see Elijah talk to God and the rain came. I, I saw Moses cry out to God. They went across the Red Sea. I saw Joshua I talked to God. We walked around. We shouted, and the walls came tumbling down. I, I saw David talk to God. He took a sling, and he took a lot. But I did not see this before or heard of this before. Jesus spoke, and the wind and the waves obeyed. This was baffling to them because it has not been done before. Every time the prophets did something great, they first had to talk to God. That went over somebody's head. Every time the prophet did something great, they first talked to God. And here we see Jesus speaking directly to the wind. Quiet to the waves. Be still. Peace came. See, see, definitely this, that when we don't put Christ in our relationships... We'll be in storms. But when we have Jesus on the boat with us as we're going through the storm, guess what? You're going to make it to the other side. See, see, relationships go south when we are selfish and concerned about our own well-being above somebody else's. Relationships go south when we know what's right and everybody else knows nothing else. Relations go south when we assume we, that your motives are incorrect while mine are always pristine and right. But when they took the time to talk to Jesus, Jesus talked to them and said, look here. Do you still not know who I am? He says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? John the Baptist was talking about me. What he said was true. And some of you were his followers, disciples, and, and you're now with me. John the Baptist said, he's the one I was talking about. You're with me, but you're still doubting who I am. I, I am the Messiah. I am the root of David. I am the bright and the morning star. I am the mighty counselor. I am the lion of Judah. I am the lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. I've come here not for you to perish, but to have everlasting life. I've come I'm here to go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, you'll be able to be with me. I've come here because this world is dying and decaying, but I came here to save you. And you have the nerve to ask me, do I care? Has it happened to you in a relationship before that a person you love and do all this for come up to you and treat you like you don't care? 
question you and yell at you for not doing what they wanted you to do at that moment and at that time. How that is crushing. But Jesus was not crushed by that. He got up and said, look, I love you. I can take care of this, man. Peace be still. And, 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 and me, my, this is my holy imagination. I can see Jesus going back to sleep after that. <laughs> you woke me up for this? I, I, that, that's just me. Just me. You know, you know I, 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 have you ever had that before? That somebody come and fix the problem, they walk out like nothing happened, and you made a big deal? Jesus is like, man, peace be still. I'm going back to sleep, y'all. Y'all tripping. That, that, that's me and my imagination. You know, I, I, I can just see that because Jesus knew I'm going to the other side. My job is not done. I'm here for a purpose. But you you got to have a better relationship with me. I want you all to truly believe in me. All Jesus wants you to do is just trust him. Because when you trust in Jesus, he says, by your faith, hallelujah, you've been healed. <laughs> if I can just touch the hem of his garment, <laughs> all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, when you place your faith in Jesus, how that faith will guide you through storms and help you get to the other side. You may start in one direction, but Lord, I know as long as you are with me in this relationship, as long as my relationship with you is, is a being obedient, God, you will continue to show me where I need to go. Because what I'm telling you, look here, even when we lose faith, Storms may come. They didn't have any faith. Storms came. They, they, they doubted Jesus. But guess what? He does not lose faith in you. Maybe you might be in a relationship where someone has lost faith. It's up to you to decide will you lose faith in them. Can you respond as Jesus and say, I expect the best out of you. I'm going to give you all of what I have. Jesus could have said, well, you know, we can still go through the storm and make it to the other side. But no, Jesus said, I see your hurt. I see your pain. What can I do to ease it? Uh, Jesus spoke to the situation and the tempest was at peace. And any of those that have been on, on, a, on the ocean before, and you, and you may ever watch the Discovery Channel like me, I don't get on water. I get most of the sickness. But you see, when there's a storm stops, the waves are still rumbling. But does not the text say it became peace and calm? Because of the power of Jesus, that he can change whatever relationship that you're in. When you stay obedient to him, when you place your faith in him, it can become peace. Peace can come in your household, in your workplace, by you realizing that sometimes I have to humble myself. Sometimes I have to stop assuming motive and start trying to communicate and start understanding where someone's coming from. Sometimes I, I need to stop trying to prove a point and start listening to their point because I may be wrong. We need to get to that point so that we can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's clearly shown us the way. And you might be in a storm right now in your life. Jesus wants to speak to your storm. You may not have hit a storm yet, but you may be on your way. Is Jesus with you? Because if he's with you before you get into the storm, 
you have nothing to worry about. But he is not with you while you're in the storm. You can still call on his name. Jesus cares about you. He loves you. And he loves you this way. He died for you. He died for you. He died for you. And he didn't stay dead. But he rose again from the grave on the third day. Present us fathers before the Father. See at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. And the work that he's done is the work he did to prepare that place for us. So that one day we'll be with him forever and ever. But while you're here, you can have him right there in your heart. And know no matter what storms may come or issues I have in my relationships, I'll let Christ lead me and I'll see peace. I'll see peace. It may not come as quick as I wanted to come, but I know it's on the way. The waves may be overwhelming me, but nothing is too powerful for Jesus. The wind may be too strong, I can hear myself scream, but if Jesus can hear my cries. I'm glad that Jesus cares about you. I'm glad he cares about me. And that's why he died and rose again. To save a wretch like you and me. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. This prayer right now, just for whatever relationship you're dealing with, whether it be your working relationship, a friendship, a courting relationship, your marriage, your children, your parenting, grandparent, adopting, foster child, wherever it is, this is just a prayer for your relationship. Father, right now, we need Jesus in our relationships. We need Jesus to minister to us and speak to us. Show us where we are wrong and question us, Lord, when we're wrong. And help us to see the error of our ways. So that we'll better be obedient. That we'll learn to trust you more than we trust ourselves. Father, help us to be open to listen before we speak. Lord, help us be slow to anger and listen all the way through. Father, help us to expect the best out of somebody and not the worst. Lord, help us to show them how much we love them, even when we're hurt. Lord, let us be the example you've called us to be. Lord, let us restore relationships, not break them down. Let us build up relationships, almighty God, so that we can be a better community, a better church, and better impact this world, God, with your word and with the love of Jesus. Still every head bowed and every eyes closed. This prayer is for, this is one to share with you, that Jesus loves you. And he died on the cross for you. If you are unsure today, if you're to spend eternity with, with God in heaven, we want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God has risen from the grave, you shall be saved. But it, was, it, was, it is with your heart that you confess. And with, I'm sorry, it was with your mouth you do confess. And with your heart you do believe. So if you're unsure today, if you die today, you spend eternity heaven, raise your hand if that's you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed if that's you. If you're unsure if that's you, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose again from the grave on the third day. And Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you 
to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. I thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Amen. 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 May we rise as we extend a hand of discipleship.